the robot activating piggy power. Beep, beep, boop, boop. Welcome to the Sunday Movie <laughs> Marathon. I'm that guy from the, the, the koala from Sing, too. What on earth? I'm the other animal from Sing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the probably token human from Sing, too. It's 64 Zulane <laughs> time, guys. It's episode 64 Zulane. How are we all this week? Yeah, alive. Alive. Good. That's what we like to hear. Nothing has like really happened of note in the last week, but it's also been like a super busy week somehow. Yeah. Super busy with just, just boring shit happening that needs to keep us busy. Or yeah. keep you busy. I don't know. I went to London to see Idols. That was like literally the only big thing that happened last week. And then everything else has just been shit. Yeah. <laughs> We went for a drink. Everything's <laughs> yeah, been shit. Went for a couple of drinks on the town. Yeah, that was a good night. That was good. I discovered that I like Guinness now. Oh, yeah. That is the so, worst thing I think I've ever heard you say. I've never really been a fan of stout, and I've had Guinness a couple of times, and I really hated it. But, like, mm. I'm much more into, like, bitter kind of, like, ales and stuff than I've ever been before. So I was like, maybe I'll give it another go, and, like, maybe my taste buds have changed. And, yeah, I liked it quite a lot. Nice, you're refining your taste, you're, getting, you're becoming like an old man. Yeah. I told someone that I was now into Guinness, and he was like, you're getting old. Yeah, that's the sign. I'm, I'm yet to like Guinness, but once I do, then I'll know. I've always been kind of put off Guinness, because I uh, knew, some, well, apart from the fact that I knew that I'd hate it, but I uh, went to uni with someone in my first year who drank nothing but Guinness on a night out, threw up in the toilet, and then dragged us all to like, show us his vomit. Uh-huh. Was it black? It was black. Oh, it was quite impressive, actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I had like um, <laughs> was it because like we went to the cinema, me and Chris, and before that I was out at the spoons. The I had, spoons. Um, was it like a like a peanut butter whiskey? And I hate whiskey, but that was like actually all right as whiskey goes. It was like the best whiskey, and I don't know how, like how they had it at like a spoons. Who's there? I recommend that for all the spoons, guys. <laughs> might, it might just be a taste, though. It fair. might be, it could, yeah. Or it's just a... Could it be a decent one? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I've had like a lot of whiskey in my time. I'm always trying to like see if... Maybe mm. this one's going to be the one, but it never is. Never is. I can't say I've ever liked a whiskey. Yeah, I don't hate whiskey, but it just always makes me really ill. Yeah. It was quite so I'll just end up having like too many and throw up because mm. i'd never like choose it as like a drink it's always like someone give me a whiskey and coke and then like i'll carry on drinking that but i've like already had loads of other things as well so I'll, like be mixing and it will make me ill yeah oh i was at a pub the other night with um uh, some people and like they're like oh what do you want and like one of them had gotten like um like a japanese whiskey and i was like yeah fuck it i'll just get a japanese whiskey then even though i hate whiskey and i don't know why i said it and it took me like an hour to drink it's in like a little little tiny portion, but it took me so long to drink. It was just disgusting. Like point to whiskey. No, thank you. No. Prefer vodka or something. Prefer like a rum. A spirit goes. Mm. Speaking of spirit, we got into the musical spirit this week and we watched some musicals. Right? We <laughs> yeah, did. But not all together because you guys didn't want to see me. So I had to watch them alone. 
Just take it away, Chris. Yeah, so I picked a movie that I've wanted to pick for quite a while um, on this podcast um, because we did musicals. I thought, what better time to pick it than now? Picked Pink Floyd's The Wall, directed by Alan Parker. It's like a film adaptation of Pink Floyd's incredible album from 1979, I think it came out. Yeah, um, film's kind of like, it's all set to music, all set to like the music of the album and a few other songs as well. It's kind of all about this like rock star who kind of has this really hard life and kind of descends into madness as he starts to build this metaphorical wall to close himself off from the world and his relationships with other people. It's quite an abstract movie, so but that's, I feel like, what the rough basis of the film's about. Yeah, it's like one long visualizer for the album. Yeah, it just feels like a really long music video. That's what it is. Like an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, they've got like different songs from like, uh, so you got like the wall, but then like there's also like a side kind of album that they take from like songs from there that they put in there as well, which I found to be quite interesting. I think that made like, yeah, it kind of padded the movie out, but it was also like, it made sense within the story that the album was trying to tell, I think. Yeah, there was like a few unused songs from the wall album that they put in the film and then they made a follow-up album called The Final Cut, which originally was going to literally just be a soundtrack album comprising of all the songs in the Wall movie that weren't in, on the original album, and then Roger Waters decided to flesh it out and complete it. Yeah. I love this album. It's one of my favourite albums ever. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to love the movie. I think the movie is really great, and it works as a very good companion piece uh, to the album as a whole. Um, I think like the the people who made it don't really like it though and i can't really i don't fathom why yeah i don't really get it either i remember chris was having this conversation with me and he was talking about how they don't like it and i don't really get why because i don't know what there's not to like it's very strange i've heard it's like the director alan parker and like the members of pink floyd they both have very different visions of what they wanted the film to be so they were like constantly conflicting and compromising. So the film's kind of like a mix of both of their visions and neither of them are really satisfied with the final product because they look at it and they're like, this isn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah, I get that. I get how that could affect them. doesn't affect me though. I really like it. And I'm always <laughs> like, I always go back to it. I'm like, this probably is not going to be as good as I think it's going to be. But it always kind of is, you know? Um, and it is mostly to do with just the music because that's what it's about, you know. And I have like the vinyl, so I'm like I listen to it on vinyl a lot. Um, so I don't know if like I would say, oh yeah, I'd rather listen to the vinyl than watch the movie. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I think it's like the the album tells a story without needing the visuals in the first place. Um, but I do appreciate the, the need to have this kind of movie. And I don't know, I really can't think of anything else that's been done that tackles this kind of thing where like you put like a movie to an existing album and like have it pulled off as well as this. This is like really kind of one of a kind in that sense. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a few like visual albums where there's like visuals and stuff going on. Like um, the Lumineers did something like this with their third album. 
Um, I think Wolf Alice did it recently with their most recent album as well. I'm pretty sure quite a but, few like people have done it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think how, any band like, have done it as like a big like theatrical project like this. Um, the only other one I can think of is there's like a Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band movie, but none of the Beatles had anything to do with it, so it doesn't <laughs> really count. Um, but yeah, it just I do think what makes the film great is. You can experience the album on its own or the film on its own. They kind of they tell the same story but in different ways. It's almost like reading a book versus watching the like film adaptation of it. Like you still get the same story, it's just kind of executed differently. Yeah. It's like the whole album is like a critique of like the fans, sort of, I feel. Where like especially like at the beginning you've got like this juxtaposition of like the fans running into like this concert venue and then like it cuts to like soldiers running off to war. And I thought that was pretty interesting uh, in terms of like a parallel to a draw because there's like obviously like a lot to do with like the, the war, the second world war and like uh, paralleling like this party with like the hammer uh, type of insignia with like the Nazis which is not subtle in any way, and I don't think it's trying to be. It's definitely um, not. <laughs> yeah. But I do like that kind of juxtaposition between like this feeling of, I guess, losing part of yourself due to these two contrasting things. Yeah, I know. Um, it's like very heavily inspired by Roger Waters' own personal life. Like He grew up post-World War II. His dad died in the war. Like He was like a baby like growing up in this... like post-war world um and obviously becoming a huge rock star that like had a huge impact on him and the film's kind of heavily or the album just generally is heavily inspired by his experiences and that and how like disillusioned i think he felt by the entire what being like a rock star kind of meant Mm -hmm. yeah there's like a lot of like dour themes i think to the movie and to the album as a whole it's quite sad it's quite upsetting to watch it was like that part where um, this character of Pink, who's just like comatose, basically the entire thing is just set in front of the TV. Where he like he hasn't showed up for like a concert, and like his uh, manager and his groupies come in or whatever, and they're like, "You gotta, you gotta get out of here, man!" And so they like pump him full of drugs, and just so he's able to like stand up, and so they can take him to the concert. Yeah, that's the comfortably numb sequence. It's one of my favorite bits in the film. Like leads to him like kind of turning into like this really like messy like he looks like he's melting and he starts yeah. like tearing his skin off in the back of a limousine it's really gross yeah turns into like a monster it's crazy Thing but like, um, definitely doesn't remember that. not remember it. no i remember i remember the first bit but i don't remember the bit that you're talking about right now i remember he like tears his like gloopy skin off in the back of the limo and then, i like, must have com- i must have completely he's, like the leader of the that. party no i don't remember that bit but i remember the first bit you were talking about yeah, and How there's odd. like a great parallel in that scene where it kind of like shows that, but then it cuts back to like his childhood, like almost kind of a wholesome kind of memory of him, like with this pet rat and like becoming friends with it and then coming to find it's died. It's like something oh, yeah, kind of innocent about that and then juxtaposing it with where he is now and like the shell of a person that he's become. Yeah. Hey, rats are cool. I think rats have a bad rap. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love them. They're cute. But yeah, I like I like this idea of like kind of drawing these parallels between like the war and like his own experiences, where like 
he's like this cult leader or like this party leader to this big party and like um he's like kind of trying to show how showing up to these gigs was like like indoctrination almost but like i think he was kind of disillusioned disillusioned with the 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 idea that people were showing up to the gigs not for the music but to like get trashed and start fights or whatever and it was just like basically an excuse to have a massive party yeah that's about right though doesn't it (laughs) I think around about this time as well, like politics and rock music had become incredibly intertwined by like, just like the punk movement, especially. And like, there was a lot of like classic, like big rock musicians like Eric Clapton and stuff who were getting like massive amounts of shit thrown at them because of like their racist stance and like racist rants they do on stage. And I felt like some of that kind of seeps into this movie a little bit. Like you got that um, in the film, they do the song um trying to find it on my notes i've just forgotten what it's <laughs> called um in the flesh yeah they do that twice and the second time they do it it's like basically like a nazi rally mm-hmm. like he's um so there's a bit where he's like are there any queers in the audience put them against a wall and he's like up against the wall oh yeah he God, just goes on like this spots. it shouldn't have been great but it was great <laughs> Yeah, I think there was like um, an attempt to like show, like, because I think Hitler when he did his speeches, he tried to kind of conduct them like like concerts and like yeah. if you've seen well old like his theatric. old speeches, it's like the hang on is every word and like, looking at it with like hindsight now, it's like this is so stupid. You guys are so stupid, but it's like it worked, you know, back in the day, and that's like how you radicalize people. Yeah, but do, yeah, don't they like also play on like insecurities? Like I heard that he was um, offering people like loads of like job security and things sure. because people were stealing the jobs and shit. It's all it's all the same stuff now, but um, it's just you know how you get people on board, isn't it? When you get this like nice well, not a nice persona, but when you like kind of fake it. Yeah, I think it's creepily still kind of present. It's accurate, to it's be honest. Kind of, like, I'm not going to say that nothing should, like, this is, like, so far removed from, like, the modern quotidian, I think. But, like, <laughs> it's not something that we're living now, you know, thank God, but there are certain kind of systemic issues that are present within the album and in the movie that we're still kind of trying to fight against today is, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, always just, like, sick or, like, he when he's in the bed as a child and like a doctor comes to check on him it's like this idea that like the the the, the higher power that like try to keep us sick and it's still like a it's like a product of like late stage capitalism as we're still seeing it today yeah and that kind of comes into um the like school sequences where you've got like these teachers that are kind of like almost suppressing children and keeping them from being imaginative or different and trying to make them all the same person mm. like there's like Another brick really in the wall, though. fantastic, another brick in the wall sequence that's kind of like all about the abuse of teachers back in like the 50s and like how this like trauma and psychological damage can like completely change them as a person. There's like shots of all the kids with like these blank like faces that no. are really, really They're disturbing. Horrifying. They, they, I was just, I was just sitting there thinking, oh my God. And also what? like, um. There's like a shot with all these kids going along this conveyor belt and falling into a meat grinder. and mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's actually like dystopian stuff. Yeah. I think we're still seeing that kind of thing today. You know? It's like 
like a factory is like a machine that squashes creativity. Yeah. Forces well, yeah, kids through a system that crushes their personalities well, just to make them like, you know, cogs in the machine to make them workers. Well, it's kind I of think. even worse now because, well, I mean, well, it's been a long time since I've been at school, but I've heard that they're doing nothing but just like cutting like creative programs. Yeah. So like there's just like nothing left for them to do but become accountants. To retrain. Eh? Yeah, retrain. That's what I kept <laughs> thinking about. Yeah. Like, this is like so emulative of that fucking mm. retrain thing that the government <laughs> tried to push. Fucking Russian. There's like that bit in that scene where the teacher like finds his poetry, thinks poetry, and starts like reading it to the class and like making fun of him. Yeah. Of it. But I think it's lyrics from Money, the song from Dark Side of the Moon. Money's a great yeah. song. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's so good. But it's like, like an in insecurity kind of thing where, where the teachers um and they obviously say it in the lyrics of the song where it's like they go home and th th their wives just like harass them and like they just made them feel so small so they have to take it out on these little children to make themselves feel like a big man they probably do i mean nowadays you can't really get away with stuff like that because it's just um well sure you know kids took, have a like, lot of rights now took the cane <laughs> to him you know he's like got caned like, fuck, they don't do that nowadays. Yeah. Like, you could not get away with that shit. Yeah, no, I, I think my, da my dad's mentioned that kind of thing before. Like, yeah. Yeah, back in my day, I would have got we got the game. back of the lane. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dad, we have rights now. Like, <laughs> it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> Some people still crave those days, though. Like, oh, our kids don't get beat the way they used to. I think to. it's because they think that, obviously, um, kids aren't as, like, disciplined as they are, well, as they were back then, but I feel like there's a difference between discipline and, like, just straight up cruelty, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You don't have yeah. to beat your child to get them disciplined. No. Like, we came from a pretty good generation of, well, mostly, of people that didn't have to get beaten by a stick, and we turned out mostly okay. Yeah, mostly. Oh, yeah, I, I said mostly. <laughs> mostly okay. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot to do with, like, religion and, like, I think how that can influence people, um, especially like during the war, and how that influenced the war in a type of way. Mm -hmm. Where like you've got these fun little like I was gonna say fun little animated bit, but in like really great like animation in there that like just goes crazy with it. It's like you know like uh, planes flying through the sky, um, like war planes, and then they turn into like crucifixes. Or like the Union Jack, like crumbling away to reveal this like bloody crucifix. It's really like yeah. intense imagery. Yeah, that's the the goodbye blue sky sequence. Mm -hmm. Like possibly my favorite bit in the movie. I think I think the like anti-war and like religion metaphors are very very on the nose. Like yeah, oh yeah, they that's don't play kind around. Kind of it. what I think makes them so like striking and memorable. I think they're yeah. like really horrifying and bleak to look at, but they. They really, really stick out. Yeah, it's like that part where Pink is in like his pool, and then like he's in like this kind of Christ-like pose, and then the the pool water turns to blood. He starts thrashing around. It was kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Religious or not, it was sick. <laughs> it was really great, and I really like um, basically everything they do with the animation. In this is like a, that part where um, what is he? He's like just trashed his um hotel room. And like the, the like the silhouettes come, and he's just like in the corner of this empty room now. And like the silhouettes get animated in front of him, and like start attacking him as like flowers. I think, yeah, it's really like cool. a flowery sort of snake thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it kind of looked a bit like a fanny in a way, or is that something? Yeah, like, so no, it's no, that's, that's like, like um, also like 
that sequence with like the flowers who are like there's like two flowers and one of them is like supposed to represent like a penis and one's supposed to represent a vagina and they like kind of go into each other. It was a very sexual flower. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like all that stuff. It's really interesting. I think like just all the imagery and stuff throughout is like really, really great and memorable. It's like one of my favorite things about the film is just the abstract imagery throughout. Mm-hmm. It's like so many of it is just so unforgettable. Like, like the, the, children like with the blank faces like um just like the shots of like the building of the wall and stuff and like that iconic like face that like stretches out of the wall mm-hmm. like all yeah. these great stuff like i watched um the film with my dad when i was like probably about five or six like way too young to be watching it and i don't remember loads of it but there's like some like strong imagery that i just have never forgotten yeah there's like also album art on the vinyl that I've got as well. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, there's like that part where like he gets the, the kid, uh, the kid gets like the bullets from like his dad's locker because his dad's died. So he like takes his friends down to like the train tracks and like puts like a bullet on the train tracks that will fire. And that scene was like kind of really creepy. Just like all these yeah. hands coming out of the, the train, like oh, yeah, really kind of groping. Gross. Yeah like reaching out for freedom it's like oh fucking hell this is like it's really bleak and like dark imagery that really does stick in your mind i think that whole um when when the trial is playing playing that's like probably my favorite part i think yeah it's all my favorite all the animation is fantastic you're like judge with like the fucking scrotum for a chin (laughs) it's so cool (laughs) that was the like one bit i vividly remembered like Mm. from when i watched it as a kid like i never forgot that bit yeah you know, like the mother who's like wrapped up like pink as like a baby and like she's caring for him and then like she turns into the wall itself. It was crazy. All these like crazy like I don't, I think I'm trying to find like more animated movies. Like I wouldn't call this an animated movie. It's like it's got animation in it, but like it's Is so damn creative. And I just I don't think we've seen like much of it in Especially not in like Western animation that tries to push the the boat out with with what you can kind of do with it visually that this movie really has in spades. I know it's it's quite it's yeah. quite weird as well because when you think about animation, there is literally you can do anything. Anything, man. There, you're, 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 not, you're, your not, yeah, you're not limited right? to anything. It's mad. Yeah. I like the I like, I do like the part of the end where it's like it's kind of like I guess it's not a very typical narrative because it is just kind of like one long music video but i feel like it does have a happy ending with like this breaking down of the wall which looks amazing it's like crushed in slow motion as it like explodes outwards that's so in, like it's really great imagery and then like the kids are kind of picking up the broken pieces of the wall and like putting them into like their toy trucks at the end so it's like yeah yeah they have to kind of be better to pave the way for the future yeah i think like um there's like an incredible production value throughout. I think everything looks so incredible and is like yeah. aged so like so well. Like all the animation still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all the abstract like production work and stuff looks great. Like you can just tell like so much like hard work and money was put into this movie, and I think it really pays off. Oh yeah, I will. I I just think about like shots like the soldiers who have like died in the war, like they're, they're being like lifted up into like the gurneys and like, the sun kind of filtering through and they're just like broken and bleeding it's all you know i won't say 
you know, I kind of wouldn't say, yeah, you could make this now and it would be like the same because I don't, I don't think you could, but I think it no. belongs very well to this uh, year, this like generation that it was made in. Yeah, like it doesn't even look bad. It doesn't look bad at yeah. all. I won't say it looks aged either. I just think it belongs to that certain era. Yeah, it's actually quite impressive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's of its time, but I wouldn't say it's like dated or mm. aged badly at all. Yeah. Something like really got to me when like he brings that girl back to his apartment um, and then like she, he just like sits in front of the TV and just mongs out and like doesn't even notice her and she's like really trying to get his attention. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really explain like how, why or like why that got to me on such a visceral level, but it just, it really kind of affected me. And then he like explodes and starts smashing up the place. I was like, ah oh, shit. Like you kind of, he was not you kind of really understand like what. Yeah. If you don't understand from like listening to the song, you kind of understand what he's trying to go for with that. Yeah, one of my favourite sequences in the films, like quite a sad one. That's like the mother sequence. Mm-hmm. They like it's like a completely rearranged version of that song that kind of has like almost like this military esque kind of like sound, and it kind of just shows like the parallel of Pink's relationship with his mother and how that was when he was younger and like his marriage like falling apart how she's like got on board of him and like moved on to someone else I think it's like a really sad sequence but it's really great mm. it was like that part where he was in the park and he, he like went up to this just man he was like take me home <laughs> and he was like go away kid I don't want you <laughs> like oh man that's kind of sad he like, doesn't sad. have a father he's like, yeah it was sad he's like it was kind of funny I kind of laughed at it when he's like go get out, go, get out of here scram but like he doesn't have a father. His father died at, in the war. So it was like, oh, okay, he's just trying to find like something to belong to. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go on to ratings? I think. Yeah. I think Only other thing I'd say yeah. is I think the music's like placed incredibly well throughout. Yeah. I think the visuals really help sell this story super super well and like fit incredibly well with the lyrical content of the music. There's never a point that I felt was like didn't fit or didn't feel right it's just all it just kind of feels like perfect with their album mm-hmm. yeah definitely do it out of hammers yeah yeah sure okay yeah this is one of my favorite movies of all time like the wall is an album that means a lot to me just generally i'm a huge pink floyd fan and i think this movie is just like the best of its kind i can't think of any other like visual album or like movie based on an album that is anywhere near as good as this it's just like so incredibly well done and it's a shame it's not available on anything other than a like 15 20 year old dvd um needs mm-hmm. a needs a blu-ray yeah. release or like maybe 4k or something love to see that criterion or something pick it up as well if you took but yeah give it 10 hammers out of 10 yeah it'd be really great on um like 4k i think it kind of demands that kind of experience you just got i just got the dvd and it's like yeah okay it's it's a great movie, but like that's not. You could be getting so much more out of the experience. I think with like just a sh- sharper visual, uh, yeah, c- contrast to it. Um, yeah, it's really great. Uh, I love it a lot. Um, I love the album. It's one of my favorites. Um, if I had like any criticisms to level against it, I think maybe there were like maybe parts where like it was t- too silent, like like it just dragged out the time between songs, where I felt like it could have been a bit tighter. But that's about it. Um, I'll give it nine hammers out of ten. I don't even know what to say, to be honest. I mean, 
I knew that my dad had been like raving about this film for ages because he's like a massive Pink Floyd fan. He was like, oh, Darcy, if you even like even a smidgen of their music, you should uh, watch this movie. I just never got around to it until now. And it was actually really worth a watch. Like my mum my was, talk- I was talking to her on a phone yesterday and she just goes, oh, yeah, the Pink Floyd one. And that was it. That's all I got from her. So uh, <laughs> she, she obviously didn't care is. about it. But um, no, I thought, I thought all the animation and stuff was like really funky. Um yeah, it was it was a good time. It kept me interested. Um, eight out of eight hammers out of ten. Hammer ten, nice. <clears throat> My one, I picked one. It's a musical movie. It's called God Help the Girl from 2014. It was directed by Stuart Murdoch, uh, and it's about uh, well, she's oh, fuck. Sorry, uh, she's this girl called Eve, and she's in rehab for an eating disorder. She escapes for a night on the town in Glasgow, and uh, she <laughs> she meets James, the reluctant, uh, no, the uh, recently kind of disgraced frontman of a local band, and together with uh, James's music student Cassie, uh, they get talking about music and decide to start a band together. And this is uh, a movie based on songs written by the director Stuart Murdoch, who was in the band Bell and Sebastian, and this is for his side group project, uh, the band God Help the Girl which uh, released music from 2009 to 2010, apparently. So, that before is... I ask your thoughts... Right, go ahead. I'm going to say that uh, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, so I recommended it to kind of see if I felt the same sort of way. Um, so before you guys tear it to pieces, I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie, though I feel like... It is not aged very well, and that is a shame considering it's from 2014. I think there's a lot here that I still like, but I think the story is a bit weak, and I think that though I love the songs, I fucking love the songs so much, um, it, it doesn't really meld well with the story that they're trying to tell, I don't think. Like, I mean, I like it a lot, but it's it's just I was getting like kind of like cringe vibes from it as well. I was like, oh, okay, this is I don't think that that just doesn't really fly today. I don't think. Um, so yeah, that. What do you guys think? I, I mean, let let me just start this off with the fact that I really like Bell and Sebastian. So um, <laughs> a bit disappointed to be honest, but um, yeah, I mean, if I could sum it up in just one word, it would be cringe. Like I mm-hmm. I can't I can't fathom like because i like all the people that are in it like independently like independently yes <laughs> that's the key word well well they've never been in a movie together before i suppose so i don't know what i'm talking about but um no like i like everyone that's in this film as an actor mm-hmm. based on like their talents even though they're not like especially emily brown like, she's barely in anything but um yeah. like ollie alexander love him as an actor hate him as a singer so this really didn't help me out because he obviously sings in this quite a bit, but he doesn't sound the same as he does now. Yeah, he but, sounds a lot less nasally. Yeah, than I think that might be something that he's picked up over the last what is about seven years old ish. So that could mm-hmm. be it. But um, I just feel like if I had watched this about five years ago, back when I was at the peak of my Tumblr age, I think I would have loved this film. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm, you know, um, in an adult. My twenty sixth year, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I hate it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I hate it. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel, though. I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> definitely feel if I watched it as a teenager, I would have really loved it. Mm. But like watching it now, it just doesn't really appeal to me. I feel like a lot of what it's doing, I've seen done better in other movies. Like, I spent the whole film thinking of the film Sing Street, because that kind of is about a younger guy. It's like kind of trying to start this band and a lot of it's all about him like making music and performing on this band um in this like small town and not really going anywhere and that film's like really really charming and wholesome and i massively preferred that for me this just well just wasn't really interested in anything going on that was like the biggest problem with it don't think it's necessarily a terrible movie i just didn't really care no i can i can tell usually when chris is not enjoying a movie because he'll be on his phone pretty much the whole time and he never normally does that and i was like chris are you are you all right and he's like this one's boring and i'm like <laughs> yeah okay fair enough like there were parts of it that there were things of it that i liked um yeah. but there was more things that i didn't like that sort of like outweighed the experience for me where i was like oh okay maybe this is gonna be all right but I'm not I'm not like a big fan of musicals in general anyway. So I think the yeah. second that Emily Brown started the first song, I just went, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this, to be honest. And it was just like downhill from there. But then it kept doing like peaks, valleys, peaks, valleys. Like I liked it and then I hated it and I liked it yeah. and I hated it. And that was my whole experience of it. It was just I either liked it or I hated it. That's the thing, yeah. If you don't mm. like the music, then it's like what's really there for you? But yeah, Max, I didn't dislike I, the I'll, music. I'll be, no, actually, some of the music was fine. But I'll be honest, there was this one song in particular that I can't get out of my brain. I don't know the words to it, and I don't care. But it's that song that James sings to... Yeah. What's her face? I know what you're talking about. They're yeah, the really one, cringy. Oh, one. the one where he's like... Oh, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> I hated that song. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like the one song I didn't like. Like, the rest uh, of it, I that's thought the was one, decent. That's the that only one so I remember, bad. and I hated it. It was awful. I think it would have been a good song if not for the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics are really bad. Like, He's like talking oh. about how he wants to like bathe her. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Max was horrible. It was just like this cringe experience. I can. I really stop. like like it's like baroque sort of vibe and like mm. I think the melodies and stuff are good, but the lyrics are so cringy. I feel mm. like that about a lot of it to be honest. Like I really liked how like most of it sounded and like even them singing isn't too bad. Like especially. Mm, Ollie Alexander Ooh. but um, <laughs> like it wasn't like terrible it was just like the lyrics were just too cringy for me but I think that might be just a case of I am yeah no longer 14 and I don't appreciate the kind of subject matter that they're talking about just not it's like that whole like oh I'm so besmitten with this person I met mm. last night oh it's like quite, have love <laughs> it is quite early Tumblr I think it's kind of that kind of movie um to twee. give it a genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Tumblr. It's like, yeah, she has an eating disorder and then she runs away to make friends and start a band. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's so, like, it's so, like, a teenager's idealistic dream back in those days yeah. where it's like, how do <laughs> I want to spend my summer? I want to run away from, like, this disorder that I have and start a, a band. That or was something. literally the whole thing that I was thinking about was if I was still on Tumblr, I would probably reblog posts about this. Mm. For months on end. This is my movie. <laughs> this to, movie yeah, really to speaks honest, to me. Yeah. I, I probably would have really liked it back in the day, yeah. but you would have seen like the characters <sighs> wearing Smiths shirts like all throughout and been like, Oh yeah, it's me. Oh yeah, yeah I relate so much to that quirky, interesting. But um, shirts that Primark would I mean, sell. Yeah. Actually, to be honest though, 
if we're gonna go into this whole like uh aesthetics and stuff I really like every single outfit that Emily wears. Emily? Yeah. I don't know her yeah, name in this film. What's really her name? Nice Eve. Outfits Eve. I love it. There was this one one in particular. It was like this um, tea dress. And it was like, had like the big fluffy like Peter Pan collar. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I know yeah, it's really, 2014. Really costume design, I, think. I want it. <laughs> Specifically for her, I think, was very good on the costume uh, side. Not so much with like Ollie Alexander. I felt like he looks very generic in this he movie, looks a doesn't bit, he? A bit naff. Like, was that scene where like he shows up to his like music lesson to teach Cassie, and then like he's just wearing like he looks like a fucking professor from an eighteen hundreds university. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was just like, it's really weird as well because you um, I'm not used to seeing him like very toned down. Because obviously mm. over the years he's become like very eccentric, very like flamboyant. Like you see all these like cool outfits and I'm like, I love what he's wearing. And then you're watching this and I'm like, oh, he's playing a straight man. I don't like what he's wearing here. <laughs> it doesn't suit him. Yeah. It just I looked really flat on him, to be honest. If I had like a, a big criticism to level against the movie, it would be like him as a character I don't mm. like at all. Yeah. I think he's like the worst here. I think he's not very likable. He's quite like like in Sally yeah of. yeah he seems very self-centered as well yeah. like he's very like, pretentious about fucking music as oh someone my who God. just that, works as a lifeguard yeah it's it like, was like that one scene where they're sitting on um the sofa or like in his I don't know it's his mm-hmm. flat or something and he's like oh people have squandered years of their life trying to ride the biggest hit ever yeah. and I'm like oh shut up you bloody goober yeah I was like <laughs> hearing some of his dialogue and I was like the guy like wrote and directed this this is like definitely how like he talks yeah you think maybe he's a massive incel yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like clearly written by someone who like knows music mm-hmm. i also feel like it's written by someone who doesn't know human interaction very well like the interactions with um is his name anton anton yeah anton eve and what's the, uh, james is it yeah what the fuck is all that about that was horrible I hated all that yeah, especially Anton's just the worst. Like, he's what? awful. Yeah. He's an awful man. The fucking lines he comes out with, honestly, yeah. it's awful. Like, why? <laughs> why does she find him attractive? Why does he just, he's cringe, and man? I don't, he's, I, he's awful. Yeah, like I also don't understand like the whole um, like this. I feel like when I'm talking about um, like self entitlement, both of them seem to be like, oh well, she kissed me once, so that means um, she's my girlfriend. We're gonna be together forever. Um, yeah. she's my property and all this other kind of shit. And I'm just like, oh, you're boring. Shut up. There's like that part where like she comes to see him from after her shift at work and she's like dressed in her work clothes and he's like this this will not do. So she he like takes her to the fucking shop and makes her go in all these change clothes and it's like what the fuck? Like this whole sequence of like him trying to like show her like what clothes she should be wearing and then he's like she comes out in like a dress and he's like, No, this will not do. Yeah, he's like (laughs) He's, like, he's got this line where it's like, your breasts are exquisite. Like, <laughs> what are you he, talking about? It kind of yes. reminds me of that scene in, um, what's that stupid film, the 360 Days or whatever, the one, that, that sex film. Yeah, 365 Days. Yeah, it literally reminds me of a scene from that film where she's like going shopping and he's all like, where you going, baby girl? Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh! Yeah, I mean, his, his delivery kind of reminded me of like <laughs> like a bad video game or something. <laughs> just like she comes out with it, she's like, "Oh, this is for another species." That voice oh, is put like, on, right? Yeah, cl- it's, I don't know. It's, it's, 
And then it was like so over the top French. And he's like, oh, you could try it, I suppose. It sounds like Lumiere. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, John Cleese and Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He sucks. I'm glad he's like not in it as much, honestly. Because if he were in it like more, yeah. I probably, I probably wouldn't like it as much. But then like, wh- who else? Who's, who's your substitute for that? you got James who's like, just this creepy fucking he's dude. Just he's just so, creepier. He's even so worse. He's even worse. Like when he goes to visit her in the um in the hospital or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, so you were the boyfriend?" He's like, "No, I'm just no. a friend." And he like throws a tantrum yeah. about it. I could be. <laughs> and he's like, has these flowers, and he's all like, "Whatever." Yeah. I'm just like, "You're a freak." Puts, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> puts the flowers in her drinking water. <laughs> yeah, how rude! That's her drinking water. Yeah. Is it? Like he could just bring a vase with him or something. Actually, no, that, mm. no, it's like that part where like he invites her around to his place, and he's like, "Oh, are your hands cold? I bet if I touch your hands, <laughs> I bet if I touch your hands, they'd be cold." And yeah. then like he just like reaches over and like touches her. I hand. forgot about like, that. Yeah, <laughs> I had one. That I think a, pretty much all the dialogue is really bad. Oh my <laughs> god! I mean, oh Jesus. <laughs> I love where he, like, introduces Eve to Cassie as well. He's just like, Cassie, this is Eve, and then that's it, and there's nothing that needs oh, yeah, to be and said. Isn't yeah. there, like, this, like, that really weird bit as well where um, they only just met, like, I don't know, like, the night before or the day before that or whatever, Yeah. and then she just goes, oh, I'm just in between houses, and then he just randomly goes, oh, yeah, I don't know ya, but do you want to come and live in my you flat? You could live with me. I've got a spare bedroom. <laughs> like, it's like, no one really, does do this. you? <laughs> really? You... you you make enough money from your lifeguard job to afford a flat that has two <laughs> bedrooms and you live alone. I don't know about that. I don't think he did live alone. I could be wrong. He did. No, but I thought he was living with someone who had just moved out. Like, why would he have a spare room? It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. That's Max's criticism. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. of course it doesn't Because it's sense. like in this idealised version of like a, a fun summer, right? Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a Tumblr wet dream. No. Like, this is just ridiculous. This you know, like, film has where, no like, grounds. She like goes to visit him like after she's met him like the night before and yeah. she's like been at football and then like she goes to the swimming pool, which she just happens to find because like they're playing the radio station that she listens to. Yeah, so what she she's just like, knew that I he know was that radio to it. station. So she goes in there and it just happens to be this guy that she met last night and it is in the swimming pool and he's like he he just looks at her and he says, I like your knees. Yeah, I'm starting to think that there's only <laughs> there's only one swimming pool, and who who's there's only a- one swimming pool in Glasgow. And like, what? Why did he have really weird comments? If man, we ever so- break up and I like go back on Tinder, I'm going to message someone and say I like your knees. <laughs> do you know what? I hope you do, and then I hope they go, "What a fucking freak!" <laughs> and I'll go, "Yeah, man." <laughs> I think it's weird it's set in Glasgow as well, but like barely you know anyone what? has yeah. a Scottish accent. Like most of these guys are English. Yeah. I've, I've actually, I didn't I, even know it was set in Glasgow. Yeah, no, I, I read a couple of reviews that were like, this has no grounds to be set in Glasgow, but I guess it has to be set somewhere, but it's not pivotal to the story <laughs> I just in assumed any way. it was like London or something. No, but it is, it is Glasgow. It doesn't make any not sense London. though. Because she has to go to London. Yeah. At the end. Like I've... Uh, that was bullshit as well. She's like, yeah, I'm going to a music college, which is, you know, fine. Like, yeah, good. That's what she needs to do. She needs to move on with her life. And this is like a summer thing. And then she needs to like go and actually do something with her life and not just stay here and rot as a lifeguard's friend. And then and, and James is just like, 
no, that's bullshit. You can't do that. You're so much better than all those cunts down at fucking London. And Doesn't make like, any sense. Dude, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, ah, you said we were going to make music. And she's like, I am going to go make music, but not with you. I already made music together. I don't... It, I don't know. They're acting like they can't even talk to each other once she goes away. This is 2014. Yeah, it's not Do like they, they have d- smartphones. Apparently not. <laughs> That's the other Tumblr thing. No one had a phone. I'm too cool for a phone. Too retro. Yeah. Actually, I could imagine that James guy being like, I'm too good for a phone. I only use landlines. I could imagine him having that kind well, of attitude. The greatest musicians don't need phones. I only have, a, <laughs> I only have cassette tapes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I find a lot of like the like score, like the non like musical music, to be quite hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like some of it, I like really like. Like there's a bit where um, um one of them's like swimming in a pool, and there's like this really like vibey sort of guitar that I really like. Yeah, and there's like there's that scene where they're like playing football early on. Like the music literally sounds like something from like Wallace and Gromit or something. <laughs> and, like it's so cheesy and like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, yeah, I appreciate that I would really like this on vinyl but like if you, if you look at the album on Spotify it's got the music and it's also got dialogue from the movie with like music over that oh, yeah, like, I hate when um, fuck- soundtracks do that yeah. like, why the fuck I don't, don't need that it's, it makes the album so much longer it's like 28 songs long Yeah, like, who needs that oh, that's great if I wanted to die, I could just watch the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all these, like, every time they, like, perform a song together, they, um, they do, like, weird kind of editing, like, they're editing a music video, and I think sometimes that could be quite well handled, but at other times, I think it could miss the mark a bit. Um, they're like, oh, here's them performing, and then, like, also, here's a scene from earlier in the movie when they're like, I don't know, cycling or something? And why did that need to be there? Mm. Who knows? But then also, they would do like, I don't know, they're like on a field and it's shot with like, through like a super grainy film camera, which looks really great and it kind of feeds into the idealised nostalgia for being young at summer and hanging out with friends, which I quite like. This is one of the only times that I've watched one of these like, um, youth things where like people hang out in the summer and they're like living their life or whatever this is the one of the first times i've watched it and gone god i'm glad to be old i I I don't want to do this i'm so glad that's not me (laughs) yeah they really try to push this kind of romance between even james and i don't think that works at all because it's that kind of i don't feel like they work together anyway they don't have any chemistry no i don't get it and he's all like oh i'm gonna kiss her and i was like oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I just mean, didn't feel it, she's you know? like, the time for that was ages ago, James. <laughs> I just like, don't okay. get it. Okay. Why is it not now, though? <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, if you still liked him, you would have yeah. just gotten on with it. And there's it? like that weird part, like towards the end, where like James is sitting with Cassie and then she goes, like, if you guys don't end up together, then everything, all the romances are wrong. And oh, it's like, yeah, what so are you talking about? Chris, <laughs> went to, Chris went to the toilet at that point, And then when he came back, I was like, there was just this really terrible scene where, <laughs> where Cassie from Bloody Skins was talking about how all the romance and songs are wrong. All the, all the novels are wrong if they don't get together. And I was like, and they don't get together. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that was such mm. a shit scene. 
And he was all like, yeah, I know, what a waste. As if like he's God's greatest gift to women. I think they could have cut out the romantic subplot. Yeah. Both romantic subplots. I it think they could have, have cut to out. Be there. And then like put some sort of emphasis on like just developing this friendship between these three people. Um, because I think they weigh too heavily on the relationship between James and Eve and not enough time is spent with like them as a trio. Really. Yeah, I felt like... Um, like he doesn't if, even say goodbye to Cassie. Yeah, like I almost felt like they weren't even friends, yeah. to be honest. Like she was just an acquaintance, like she was there. I didn't really feel like Cassie needed to be in the movie, to be honest. No. She just kind of like appeared randomly. Didn't Here really have is. much of an introduction. She's just like, there she is. She's like in this group now. And then she just like disappeared the same way. Yeah, she's yeah. basically like the third wheel of the group. She's just kind of there whenever they go, oh yeah, we should go on like a trip, but I don't want to be alone with James because he might try and like make out with me. So mm. I'm going to I'm gonna ask her to come with us, but <laughs> it just didn't have to be there. It's so stupid. They like try to cap off their individual kind of stories at the end. It's like, oh, and I went and did this and James went and cried in his room and Cassie, she wandered for a while and just, I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, dear. I've been rating on this pretty hard. I'm sorry. For, and I know I, say, like, I like it. I do, but it's got so many fucking problems. <laughs> um, there's like a part where Eve is like, I guess she's struggling because like Cassie's left for a week or so and then James just starts ignoring her for no fucking reason and she like really needs him. I was like, what? Why did you ignore her? She just, he just like goes into his room and just doesn't speak to her for maybe a day maybe a day or was it a week i don't know it didn't really communicate passage of time very well in that it's like she overdoses and then like she's like where were you and he's like i don't have to tell you everything that i do but it's like if you already kind of knew that she was in that kind of position why the fuck did you ignore her in the yeah. first place anyway <sighs> why does anything happen you know <laughs> It's like a vehicle for the songs, you know. And I don't know. I like the songs. I like a lot of the songs. I'll be honest, I don't remember any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, apart from that, that one that I really didn't like, but I don't remember any of them. That one that was really cringe and it stuck in my mind because it sucked. Yeah. I think that's I think that's just all it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like this visceral like reaction of just me shuddering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- I know um <laughs> obviously Bell and Sebastian released the God Help the Girl album, like a few years before this movie came out, so I don't know whether I'd like it a lot more if I just listened to that album, but for me, Maybe. I didn't really connect to any of the songs in the film. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate any of them. I thought they were all decent, but just nothing really like massively jumped out to me. Yeah. Just don't remember. I don't know. I really like the songs, um, most of them, and I really like like the performances as well. I do think Emily the performances are good, yeah. And um, even Hannah Murray, I think, has got like a really interesting voice, you know. And that's kind of a voice that I feel like could be hit or miss with a lot of people, but I, I really, I really like it. Um, I want to talk about this fucking pyramid thing. The, the, the what? Um, oh, the pyramid at the so hospital. she's at the hospital. Oh my god! And her like mentor or whatever is like, "Here's a, here's a pyramid. Here's a pyramid, and this is your life. And it's got three <laughs> tiers. And at the bottom of the pyramid, you need to eat and drink and sleep." Before you can have any of the rest of what uh, what's up here, so like in the second one you've got friends and family, and then at the top you've got like uh, 
music and art and shit and it's like what you fucking hell was, it's like you can't have um the stuff at the top without first getting the stuff at the bottom and it's like that's bullshit in real life nothing works that way yeah. right like you can't like what happens if like she gets food and drink and then like she's able to eat but then and then she makes like friends and or, or like what she like had a family she didn't like not have a family beforehand so like what they just took her away from yeah, her par- family apparently like, not. you can't eat so you don't get a family <laughs> 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 what happens if she decides or like if she falls off when she's like with her friends and like suddenly she just goes through like an episode where she like stops eating what do those friends get taken away from her like what the fuck and like Oh, music is at the top. You can't have music unless you have friends. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Then, if that's so fucking true, why the fuck is there a goddamn piano in this hospital that she can just access? I was so stupid. And then it was just all like, ah, oh, and if you don't have all of these, it's gonna come crashing yeah. down. Oh, I was just sat, there, I was just sat there laughing. I was just like, really, Peter, you actually believe this? You wrote this script, whoever wrote the script, and you believe what you've just written? <sighs> I have a lot of fucking questions about this movie. Like the entire time, I was like, "What? What is that? What the hell? Why? Like at the beginning, why is James's band not able to perform together? Like they just got on stage and like they decided, no, we can't actually perform together. It's like, isn't that something you would have figured out beforehand? If we like threw a massive hissy fit at each other and just like broke down, why is why is that something you couldn't have resolved before you actually got on the stage? <sighs> why is it that? That their band is like so great out of the gate like why are they not shit to start off with because there's i think they're really great songs but like within the the movie they're saying that yeah these are really great songs so like why are they not just terrible to start off with even like try to make music for the first time like it, it sucks of course it yeah. sucks <laughs> that's how you get better <laughs> but they just they're just great maybe this wasn't like the best movie to base around these songs yeah, maybe not. Considering like the writer and director made all the songs himself, it's kind of pretentious the way yeah. they um, act about the songs. Like, oh, that but, was a really great song, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you've done, you've, you're amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't have had a problem with him like being great out the bat if like the rest of the film was like good, or like I really liked the rest of the movie. <laughs> So kind that's of like one of those things that you can just like, oh, it's just like movie magic sort of thing. You mm. can like let that sort of thing fly because they don't really have time to show the band being shit and let them have to practice and practice to get better and better. Yeah. It's a shame. Because I think, you know, these are really good songs. You could have made like a really great movie around it. And I feel differently about it now than I did when it like first came out and I was like really into it because I guess... I guess I was kind of like part of that crowd, which is like, oh, look, it's so idealized, and it's like friends and summer and making music, and it's like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I really want to do. And now it's like, okay, <laughs> like, all right, it's not, it's not like realistic, particularly in terms of like what they're able to do. And then they just get like a band together. There's like that part where like they they print out like a bunch of flyers and like a bunch of people just like run through the streets of Glasgow trying to get to them and it's like dude in real life like what you might get like two people sign up and maybe they're shit (laughs) that's not gonna happen but they just get like a bunch of people out and well they just like run into this girl who's like picking up trash on like the the field and then like she just sits down she's like this guy's got something to say and then she joins their band (laughs) 
people who didn't even know about this. Oh dear. None of it makes sense. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to ratings. <laughs> do it out yeah, of um. Do it, do it. Do it out of um. Pyramids. Pyramids. Wow. Yeah, I just I wasn't really into the movie. It's kind of like kind of feel about this the way you felt about licorice pizza max it's basically mm. just like a hangout movie there's not really much of a plot just kind of hang out with these characters for a couple hours and if you don't really like the characters and you're not going to really enjoy the movie and that's kind of how i felt about it mm-hmm. I'd probably give it like four pyramids out of ten like it's closer to a five than a three i'd say but mm-hmm. still like four yeah it is kind of a hangout movie um i like remember like watching this or just like putting it on when like I was ill one time and it was just like a nice comfort thing. Um, but now I don't think I would. Um, and I do like the music a lot and I might even watch the movie again, to be honest. I do like it. Um, but I understand like it has a lot going against it. I'll give it six, uh, pyramids out of 10. Hmm. Um, I just, I don't think I'd ever revisit this film ever again. It's not the fact that it's like inherently like terrible. It's just, you know, sometimes you, yeah, you have like a film and you want to watch it because you want like a comfort film or you just feel in the mood for it. I can't imagine ever being in the mood to watch this film ever again. So on that note, four some things out of 10, because I'm sorry, I didn't pay attention to what it was. Cool. I wish I was uh, more prepared in this moment. However, I am juggling 25 things at once. So, I picked a movie that came out uh, in 2021, and it is called Tick, Tick, Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it is about um, Jonathan Larson, the um, the guy who um, created the uh, screenplay for Rent. Um, it's essentially just um, about his life and about his upcoming week of his, like, before his 30th birthday and how he's basically having an existential crisis because he's on the cusp of writing this play and getting it all sorted. But then he's also panicking because he's about to turn 30. Um, it gave me very uh, Bo Burnham turning 30 vibes. Um, what did everyone else think about it? Yeah, it's, like, based on his, like, the musical he wrote of the same name that was, like, all autobiographical yes although the the film is well the film itself is actually centered around the fact that he wrote this play called suburbia was it called something like yeah that. yeah just, yeah sus- i thought it was like Suspir- suspiria mixed yeah with suburb- suburbia oh, i don't know yeah, yeah. suburbium <laughs> i can't remember suburbia yeah. it was a that was a weird little um sounded like a weird little screenplay i think i would have really liked to have seen it mm. had it been surprised that's not one that has been made since he died. Like it sounds they did with crazy. Tick, Tick, Boom and even Rent. That's the thing. If, I feel like um, theatre kind of has the well, depending on who you're looking at. But I feel like it kind of has the budget to do that kind of thing now. Whereas I guess back in the nineties, when you're a independent screenplay writer, I suppose you don't have it because it sounds like it could have been really cool. It sounds mental. But yeah, what did we uh, actually think of the film at hand rather than? The theoretical film that I'm talking about. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was entertaining. I thought Andrew Garfield was really good in it. That's kind of what made me enjoy the film so much, like his performance. Although I don't think it's like 
something completely different or completely outside of his wheelhouse. He, like, he's never outside of his comfort zone with this character, I don't think. I think he still plays it really, really well. It kind of feels like the perfect pick for the role. Yeah, he's really good. I've never heard him sing before, but he's very good. Yeah, he's, great, uh, he's a very good singer. Um, I think this is a movie that gets better as it goes along. Um, I wasn't yeah, really, I agree. I wasn't really loving it um, for the most part. Like, in like the first act, I was like, I literally don't care about anything that they're talking about or like anything that's going on. And the second act, it kind of picked up. And then in the third act is where it gets kind of like really emotional and like uh, all this stuff that comes on where like the um, commentary on the AIDS crisis becomes more prominent. And like you see like his kind of uh, his role in kind of seeing all his friends die and seeing his friends get HIV and AIDS and uh it's it's quite it's very sad you know um, yeah that was horrible i just for the most part i think what i wanted was like a really great story to back up really great songs and i don't think i got that from this movie i can't really remember any of the songs and for the most yeah i just don't really i didn't really connect to the story that was going on i didn't you know you say like yeah he's never out of his wheelhouse with this garfield is not um and I kind of got that too. It was like, yeah, it's like, here's the character and you know the character within the first 10 minutes and then he never really changes from that, I don't think. Um, I feel like as much as I like this film, I feel like as a character, he's very frustrating. Like you kind of just want to... Yeah. Like you kind of you sympathise with him because it's like, yeah, he's having this like internal struggle. He wants to create like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But at the same time, you just kind of want to slap him a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like there's just something about him that's just really, I want to say almost unlikable, but not quite. Yeah. Like, I think he's quite selfish. Yeah. Well, he's got his priorities wrong. Yeah. You know? Like, that was a huge problem I had with the movie as well. And I guess it's like, it's just telling the story of this guy. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know that I can level too much criticism against, like, what he's doing because, like, he did it. You know, that's what happened. Mm. Um. I, I assume, because it's based on a true story, um, it's like, yeah, you know, he's prioritizing his work over, you know, his friendships and his relationship, and that's not something that I really felt that I could relate to at all, because I don't, you know, I understand the need to, like, try to make something of yourself and, like, try to see this project through that you think is really great and, like, it could be, like, something amazing but like if it's at the expense of like your own uh personal relationships with people then at, at no like point did i think yeah he's right for doing for like shutting out his girlfriend he's, he's in no way right for um like taking the piss out of his other friend who's like in marketing or whatever and just like he's got a big sense of like entitlement i think yeah he always acts like you're a sellout if you are willing to you know do better for yourself in ways that aren't oh you sold yourself out man i can't believe you're working at the ad agency like why aren't you poor like me and it's like not everyone has that sort of i guess almost like the privilege of being able to like um follow out that sort of like dream if that makes sense like not everyone yeah. has, like, you know, you might have, like, kids to feed or rent to pay. I mean, obviously, he had rent to pay, but I mean, like, um, it almost gives that self-entitlement, like, it gives me, like, that Molly May vibe, where it's like, we have all the same 24 hours in the day, but it's like, yeah. well, technically, we don't. Yeah. But I totally see where you're coming from. 
I think the thing I dislike the most about this movie is how for a lot of it they are kind of showing this guy like the way he prioritizes art over like his relationships and stuff and they do paint it like he's doing a bad thing and that he is like a bad kind of a bad not even like a terrible person but he's he's like not the best person but then it just kind of like all pays off for him at the end that was like yeah. my biggest problem with the movie like but I, I although guess... obviously he dies incredibly young um he's still like his girlfriend like comes around and is like although she's still like leaving yeah. like the argument kind of just ends with them kind of like being happy and like he gets this like big musical like that he wanted like he gets eyes on it and it kind of leads him to do doing like a big breakthrough thing but then I it's guess like it's- i don't think he ever really saw any consequences or anything and they look it's just weird how I think they spent so long painting what he's doing as being bad and then showing it just like work out well. See, the only problem, see, I agree with you on like every single level, but the only problem is if this is actually what has happened, then of course they're going to tell it exactly yeah, how it has been. But I also, let's be honest, I struggle to find any sort of chemistry between him and this girl either. Like I, I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't see um, it. I saw it a lot more in this than in the last movie. God, yeah, but that last movie was just. I'll say, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually didn't mind the dynamic that they had together. I think they had um, a bit of chemistry going there. Um, so, like, enough for me to think, like, they've kind of painted this almost sad ending as one that should be celebrated, where, like, he's lost, like, his his girlfriend and I just don't think that he should have let her leave at all yeah and like and then they're like yeah and he let her leave and then he went on to make rent and he was awesome but I'm like yeah but he <laughs> like he just he decided fuck love I'm just gonna work yeah, all the I thought time it was just like, really weird and so he's just like ended up like really lonely and then he makes rent and then he dies yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> I got the vibe from it that like the musical or obviously will the actual musical will end before rent is made because it was finished and shown like five years before kind of got the feeling that maybe the original musical did kind of end on the bad note where he has like lost everything for what he's done and then for some reason with this movie they were like and also and then they add on this like tacky happy ending which kind of like mm. ruins the whole ending for me oh yeah like i i think it would have had more a bit more of an impact if they had just been like he made this film called Rent. Well, not this film. He wrote. He wrote Rent, and then he died. And I would have been like, "God, that is so depressing," because that's what happened when I watched it the first time. I was watching it with my mum, and my mum was acting as if like she was going to spoil it if I knew that he died. Even though right at the beginning they say just before we lost him, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, he's dead." And my mum went, "Oh no, um, what do you mean he's dead?" And I'm like, "Mummy, they literally just said he's dead." So um, I would have appreciated it a lot more if they didn't like. <laughs> have like a narrator like talking about it and showing like clips of it being huge if it was literally just like a a card at the end saying he released rent and died on the day of its premiere yeah like mm-hmm. i know i know we've been like ragging on uh telstar quite a lot but what i liked about telstar was right at the end even though all that depressing stuff happened they had like the, the, you know like the black title cards that were like and this happened and this happened and i'm like that would have been so much yeah. better if this film had done that i think it would have wouldn't have taken away from the emotional weight because I think the ending that they gave it kind of did. Yeah, I think I think they should have just like stuck to 
black screen, white text, kill me in my soul, and that would have been it. But no, you made me feel like, I don't know, it gave me this weird like sense of like like this bittersweet thing that I d- didn't really want. I wanted to be depressed. <laughs> I go into the film, I was like, oh, he died, it's going to be depressing. And then this ending was like, ah, oh, yeah, he died, but... He made he was this awesome. Gr- yeah, he yeah. made this great thing, and even though he never had any relationships ever again, yeah. it was great. And I was like, oh, really? I don't think I've. St- I think this might be the first movie I've seen directed by Lin Manuel. This is only movies directed, right? So, so there, there we you go. go. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> oh, he did Hamilton, but that's yeah, not he a did movie, Hamilton but... and In the Heights. He's like yeah. a huge in musical right, yeah. theatre. He's also did He's one of them. like lyrics for Encanto, I think, mm. and okay. Um, I think he did Moana, or he was like involved with Moana or something. Moana. Honestly, he's such a fucking talented guy. He is. I, I just don't think this. But like when well, I watched this movie, I was very like, problematic if, guy. Though. If you had Apparently not so. told me who directed this, I would have guessed Lin Manuel Miranda. This yeah. is like so much his vibe, Definitely. and I don't know that I really get on board with the overall vibe uh, right. as as regards like the music. It's very like showy, um, in a way that I don't really connect to. It's like it's like so showy that it's almost fake, you know. I get what you mean. It's, but then I guess I don't know. I feel like they did play it up a little bit. I can't explain mm-hmm. it. But then I guess it is because even the right mind is going to be like doing this musical that isn't really flamboyant, and you know, I don't know. It's just one of them. I don't know. I can't explain what I'm trying to say. It's just, uh, yeah. it's just one of them where I think with a yeah. musical, most of the time it is going to be a little bit like. Ridiculous. Especially when it's one like this that did start off like as a stage musical rather than one being made for movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I found it weird that like th- there's like a line where like he's at, at a cafe with a guy and he's like, "Oh, why don't you try writing a song for your musical that's showing out in six days?" And it's like, why the fuck have they scheduled it to run if it's not even read- finished? Like, that's not like do they do that. <laughs> I think it was so. like. Like it was meant to be like an initial preview slash presentation, mm. so it wasn't. It's going to be like a very, very rough like draft. Yeah, almost. they ca- yeah they called it a presentation because I, I assume it's just kind of like a. It's basically just like the songs. Yeah, kind of yeah. like a dry That's weird, run. Because I what thought like the like. entire time until like it happened, I was like, this is going to be like a big production. Yeah, but then so it wasn't. Did I. I didn't really understand what they were what they meant when no, they were I, going for it. I mean, I assume that's quite a normal, because obviously I don't know anything about theatre, but I assume that's a normal thing to do then. You write something yeah. and then you go, this is what it would kind of look and sound like. Imagine this lady is yeah. running around here, but like, obviously they have like no props or costumes or anything, so they go, oh, look, imagine this thing's happening, but they'll like sing their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but... Yeah. Go. I know Max said he really doesn't or doesn't really gel with the songs, but I actually really, really liked them. I thought I like them they a lot. were all really memorable for me. Um, I loved a lot of the performances as well, and I loved the visuals and the directing of the all the musical numbers. Like, there's a scene I really like where it's like them moving apartments and like keeps cutting back and forth between their old and their new apartment, and like the old ones like shot very drab and bleak and like super desaturated and then it cut to like the new one it's like the complete opposite there's like natural sunlight coming in it's all bright colorful they're all really happy i really loved that sequence and um 
my favourite bit of the films, yeah. the Sunday sequence where oh, he's yeah, like the, singing the moon, about the moon dance. Yeah, that yeah, he's like sick. singing about all the people who come into his like the cafe, cafe that he yeah. works at and how he wishes they were all to stay at home because it's a Sunday. <laughs> that like, kind of reminded me of like that that one episode of Futurama when like Fry drinks a hundred cups of coffee and <laughs> then he pauses time so he can save everyone. Yeah, like. I, in that scene especially, I feel like it's like a really high production value when you've got like the wall of the diner like falls down and turns into a stage and like it looks really great, I think, and I really loved that scene. Kind of want to go to a moon dance. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of like Inside Lewin Davis a bit. Yeah. With like this kind of struggling artist type of uh, archetype um, where I feel like Inside Lewin Davis does its story a lot better. Um, I understand that they're kind of going for different things at the end of the day, but like from a character point of view, I guess I just preferred like what they were going for in that movie than Tick Tick Boom. It was yeah. like, it just, yeah, I, did, I, I think he came across quite unlikable a lot of the time. Um, I think Inside Lewin Davis is a lot, lot subtler than this film. This mm-hmm. film's like very showy, very over the top, but. It the, kind of makes sense. Yeah, it is that kind it started of. off as a stage musical. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of exactly what it should be. I felt like this, it it, it works as a film because of I don't know, like how like you knew it was something before it was something else. Like I, I don't know if it would have worked just as yeah, like I a, think it, just as a movie without the musical. I think it makes also sense. makes sense considering it is like a biography of the guy who wrote Rent. Like I feel like it's exactly what you'd expect from that if you know that musical it is exactly what i would expect from something that's going for this like kind of story and it never like subverted my expectations anyway no it was just like at the end and it was like okay that happened and then i turned it off and that was it like yeah it was pretty good yeah i kind of felt like that the first time i watched it i was but i kind of watched it in a bit of a rush because i had like other things to be doing Mm mm-hmm and my mum was like, oh, so you clearly didn't like it. And I was like, no, I didn't say that. It's just not what I... I knew what I was expecting, but it still wasn't quite... Like, <laughs> I find it quite difficult to gel with, like, musicals in general. But this one wasn't like... You know, like an instant hit, like, Singing in the Rain. I was like, oh, I fucking love this. Oh, I love it. Love it so much. And then mm-hmm. this film, I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll watch it again. But, I mean, now that I've seen it twice, I don't think I'll watch it again. But no. it was one of those ones where I thought, okay, if I watch it one more time, maybe I'll get a bit more out of it. I didn't need to watch it again. But. Yeah. It's not a film that's like, will subvert your expectations. Like, no, if you're expecting you, a musical, you get it. Like, if you watch any trailers or even just read what it's about, I feel like you can have a good idea of what the film's mm-hmm. going to be like. And that's kind of exactly what it was. Like, I heard that opening song loads because it's always on TikTok when Darcy's been on there. (laughs) And, like, hearing that, I was like, okay, I kind of know exactly what kind of vibe this movie's going to be. And it Mm. was exactly that. It stays pretty much the same throughout as well. It's pretty safe. Yeah. But sometimes that's kind of what you need. Like, although maybe, yeah, it would have been a lot better if it was a bit more experimental or did something a bit different. But for what it was, I thought it was fine i thought it was comforting i enjoyed it a lot yeah i thought it was a bit too long as well like yeah everything needs to be oh, like yeah, two hours nowadays and i don't know why yeah there was like just... oh we gotta make it two hours long and like i don't feel like it needed to be yeah like there was a bit in particular why where is that the new normal because i have or i've already seen it so i already knew what was happening and i was like oh um 
would you I, I don't even remember what I said but then Chris was like oh we're, we're at the end aren't we and I was like no we're nowhere near the end and he was That's like oh I, mean. I thought it was it ending it was like at the part where like he was singing about his dying friend on the piano and I was like it's the end but then it was half an hour left oh see yeah, that no. was he said this just before like when the presentation had finished like when Vanessa was singing about um, I don't even know these when, kind of yeah, names when Vanessa Hudgens was yeah. singing that song like from the perspective of his girlfriend I was like oh this must be like the final scene like, <laughs> and I was like we're yeah. nowhere near the end this presentation's gonna go really well and like someone will say like there was 40 we'll minutes left and then we'll get later. right again and then that'll be it yeah like, there was 40 minutes left and Chris was like what yeah. <laughs> why is it so long I think it could have ended there yeah I could've. think it could have but then I guess you needed to know more about how rent came about you needed to I know, know that his friend had AIDS that was like the only yeah, other thing HIV. Well, yeah I was going to say he didn't have AIDS yeah that was quite an emotional scene. I think. Yeah, that, that was the saddest part for me. Like, forget the fact that he was beat. breaking up with his girlfriend or whatever. It was, it was that bit in particular. Mm. But then I guess that's quite. Um, it's one of those topics that is always like sad and always like because it's one of those things where in the early days, obviously, like you can treat it now and you can like live a long time. But back in those days, I think you most people live for like what six months to a year or something ridiculous. And it was just like such a fast acting like illness. It was just mad. And like when you watch stuff like It's a Sin, you just really, you kind of really feel it. Like I'm not even a gay man. And I would just, it would just like upset me like to my core. So it's that kind of thing that always gets me. Yeah. I do like Vanessa Hudgens in this. She's not liking it a lot, but like. She's really good she's in this. She's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I really love her. Like, <laughs> I'm glad her, to like see her in something like this where like she's able to her singing do, do more singing. Much. Yeah. No, but I feel like she's just like a really great vocalist. Anyway. She is. So I don't really mind. But like, if you look down, all I could hear was like um, Gabriella. It's just, just, I was just, it <laughs> yeah. was because she has that the same sort of like, well, obviously because they're exactly the same person, but it's that sort of singing style that hasn't really changed much. But she's so good that it's just, it was a shame because I was like, oh man, she's in this film. I didn't know that. Yeah, they kind of um, look similar as well. Yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, oh man. She's great in this. And my mum was like, is that who I think it is? And I was like, yes. <laughs> it is. I mean, I just remember now having brought up that I really like about the film is how it like keeps cutting back to John like telling the like story of the the film like in this like play format. Like I think it's meant to be like the workshop performance they did of Tick Tick Boom that they keep like cutting to. Like mm. it starts off there where he does the opening song there and then it keeps cutting back and forth to him. And I really like those bits. Yeah, they were good. I like them. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I like the idea of like he, he gets a call from his agent and he's like, What the fuck do I do now? Like it's not being picked up and she's like, You just write the next one and then you write the next one and then on and on and that it's that's what it is to be a writer and it's like, yeah, that's like his entire life now. Like you do have to keep trying, but like it's unfortunately for him it's like at the expense of some of his relationships. I feel like it's also one of those things that it kind of, it's kind of a bit like a smack to the face because you kind of realise that you could have spent your whole life doing something and it isn't like the hit that you wanted it to be. But then you can write the best thing ever, but then you're, you're, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is just like the luck of the draw. You you either like do it or you don't. Should we go on to ratings? Yeah, sure. Good thing. Should we rate this out of birthdays? Okay. 
Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a it was a lot of fun. Um, great acting, really vibrant directing. I think be interesting to see what Lin Manuel Miranda like directs next if he carries on um, directing some movies. And I appreciated that it was a movie like a musical that came out in the last few years that didn't have James Corden in it because he seems to be in every single one. Yeah, <laughs> why God. would you? Why would you curse this podcast yeah. with his name? So for that and that alone, I'd give this like eight birthdays out of ten, like a low eight, high seven, maybe. Sure. Yeah, it's like exactly what you think it's going to be, and it never does anything to deter from that or like subvert your expectations. I thought it was pretty safe for the most part. Um, and I like the performances and I like the direction, but it's like, that's just all it is. And I don't remember the songs and I just, I won't watch it again, sadly. Um, yeah, I doubt I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it six. Six, uh, what? Birthdays. Birthdays out of ten. It, yeah, in fairness, I didn't have to watch it twice, but because Chris hadn't watched it at all, I guess I had to watch it again. Um, I did like it more the second time around, but I think it's because it was more the fact that I was paying a bit more attention to it this time around, as as opposed to like just doing other things. Um, yeah, it's a fine movie. I feel like if my mum had it on in the background, um, I'd probably jam along to the music in it and stuff, but I don't think I'd actively choose to watch this ever again. Um, so seven birthdays out of ten. Awesome. That's the musicals. Thanks, guys. Thanks, music. Um, we've got a change of plans, sadly. Uh, we were going to watch Oz Season 1 for Episode 65, <laughs> but that's just been taken off and now TV, and yeah, now we have like, no way of watching it within a week. In the last few weeks. R.I.P. Yeah, so we can't but, do that now. Yeah, I checked not that long ago. must have been like two or three weeks ago, and I swear I saw it still on mm. there. Yeah, he checked it last night, and it was like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like we could have... You can buy the DVD on Amazon for a couple pounds, but it wouldn't arrive in time for us to watch it for the podcast. Mm. So, so from now on, we respun the wheel. Yeah, I think from now on we're going to announce the shows that come up every like tenth episode, like two episodes before. So, like, we don't have ten weeks for them to like take off the show that we're going to watch. So, for the next episode, we're going to be watching season one of. The Crown, the Netflix one. Awesome. So, yeah, that's the next one. We got social media also. We got YouTube, the Sunday Movie Marathon, Twitter at Sunday Movie Pod, Facebook at Sunday Movie Marathon, and Letterboxd at Sunday MM, capital S, capital MM. Thank you very much for listening. This has been a very musical episode of the Sunday Musical Marathon. Any last words, guys? Do, 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 do. High School Musical is still the best musical. Indeed. Yeah, to be to be honest, I was thinking like, yeah, none of this is anything compared to High School Musical. Like, literally, the rest suck in comparison. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Spin the scale of skeletons, spin the scale of scratches, 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 scrat